Hello and welcome back to this Irish Life podcast, number 10, part 2. Part 2. Part 2, back in the net. Welcome back, Doug. Welcome back. What's happening, man? All is good now. We are going to rock it. I'm going to tell you <laughs> some ghost stories. Straight into the second half, as we said. We're yes. Gonna, we're going to go straight. This podcast, for anyone who doesn't know, is going to be okay. about... We're going to have we're going to have ghost stories and we're going to be talking about ghostly goings on as a part of our Halloween, Halloween special. Um, so we've Family got friendly some, show if you want to get the old kids around and listen to yeah, some of these ones. It won't be too scary, but what we're just trying to get past and we're going to what we're trying to highlight is just the paranormal and the other world that exists and uh, no more appropriate time than Halloween. Ooh. And Duggan, you're going to start us off. You're going to go straight in. Straight in. To some stories. Boom. Okay. Tell me the story. Here goes. Uh, as you all know, Ireland is an ancient place. So there's a lot of ancient culture here. A lot of ancient stories. And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about now would be more close enough to know. Like the last couple of hundred years, maybe. But it's the stuff that's lasted through time. Mm. Four or five hundred years. You know, a story wouldn't change too much. Go back a thousand, you'll probably lose the story. So these stories are there. So this goes back anyway to when the English were in, in control of Charles Fort in Kinsale, South Cork, Ireland. And what they what it was was the Irish would have been taken over, so any of the guards that would have been for the fort would have been Irish guards and would have been like an English general, English lord. Maybe he would have had his guards who would keep an eye on the other guards. But yeah, but um, what kind of year are we talking about? Any idea of a year? Uh, yeah, it was the post Battle of the Kinsale when when the English took over properly, um, which would have been sixteen hundreds. Sixteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah, about it's a long time ago. So the sixteen hundreds, anyway. The the um, the story goes, there was some some obviously there was some. Uh, the lord of the time in Charles Fort, and he was also a general. He he, overseen everything, but his daughter, who was the white lady of Kinsale, which is the ghost I'm going to talk about now, mm-hmm. his daughter was to get married on this this night, or did, sorry, she was to get married. She got married to her, um, her husband, her now husband. And they took a walk around the yard and they went around the fort and a certain part of the fort where you go pillar to pillar and all the guards are standing guard at each pillar. Mm-hmm. And at the pillar, there was a guard who offered to run out along a wall and pick up a flower for the wife of this officer who was also dressed in, 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 in his uh, officer gear who was just after being married that day. So when he went, this is how the story goes. So when he went out to get the flower for herself, she went in to get a veil because she was cold and the husband uh, took the officer's post. And when he took his off the officer's post, he fell asleep because he wasn't working. He was off duty and, you know, he was after a couple of drinks probably. Yeah, On the wedding exactly. day, I suppose. Wedding day. And out comes the Lord, the general, shoots dead his own son-in-law thinking it was a guard who fell asleep at his post. Out comes the white lady after discovering her husband, who just, her just husband, was shot dead by her father and threw herself off the side of the, of the, um, the fort, Charles Fort. And every year you'd see her roaming and then she'd lunge. This is what the goes. 22 accounts of people seeing her. 22 accounts. Yes, yeah, that's crazy. Over the years. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Same thing. Someone wandering around, dressed in white, freaked off her head. So she's going over and over. So she's reliving over and over again. So she's in. Supposedly, anyway. Maybe she's released now, I don't know. What spirits? What do they, what do they mm. think about? You know, when they and keep so, doing and the to make it worse, then her father went away and like, I think he shot himself as well. You know, after he did no what he did. Yeah, so it was a big mess they created. Like. But that was, that was just cutthroat, like. Shooting a guy because he's asleep? How unfair is that? Even for the guard, if he was off. That's pretty know. unfair. He could have just given him a nudge. Maybe he had a headache. He needs a rest, do you know? Maybe he'd passed out. 
nearly he passed out. That's yeah. it. I'm gonna shoot him dead now. Nice one for that there, officer. Cheers. Uh, general dude. Yeah, whoever that guy was. So that's the story of the cool. white lady at Kinsale. I know, I remember hearing like Americans coming over, loving that story. That was a really ancient one the Americans would love. Tell the story. <laughs> Tell us the story, guys. And then, uh, because of that, that, that also made the culture of Kinsale very, very um, rich. There's pubs in Kinsale called the White Lady. Yes. And uh, it's a club, actually. But, you know, this is, a, this is how things stick. You never forget them. They become part of the, the land. Like 400 years ago. Yeah. That's a long time. It is. It's a long time ago. Another t long time ago, before all that, no, before Cromwell came, which would have been the English settling and taking mm. over or whatever. Uh, it would have been close enough to it though, to be fair. It was only a year or two before Cromwell took over a certain part of Ireland, but I think he was already kicking ass. But this is, goes back to the old Robin Hood, the Irish Robin Hood. So he was this boy, he was, he was known as Owen O'Flynn or Owen Murphy. I can't remember no, what it was, it was one or the other, he was like a, he was a he was a bit of a ledge. He'd rob from the rich, give to the poor. He heard of the Robin no, I don't know that you'd hear of the Robin Hood story in England, but he believed in this thing where they would rob lords going through certain passageways and mm. set traps and stuff like that. So he anyway was hiding in some cave where they couldn't get to him. It was like on a cliff top. Nice. So they'd have, you'd have to climb down a cliff top to get to this cave and that's where he lived. So he had a band of young fellas who were his crew like. Right. So he wasn't alone, like he did. So what they were was all young boys, like troublemakers, mad fuckers, I'd say. And excuse my French. Sorry. But um, these these kids were innocent out, and the local king, who was uh, who was a lord at the time, an Irish king as well, beheaded one of the boys for what he for his part he played. He found out he was a helper of Robin Hood, which is super bad. The kid was only 10 or something. And his mother came to the castle and casted an Irish curse on the king and on the castle. And that year, the end of that year, Cromwell smashed his castle to pieces. So they reckon the curse the mother put on the king was legit like. Or as Cromwell was potentially coming anyway. Exactly. Who That's, knows? But she imagine at the but time. But at the time, curses. they thought it was a fact. You know. Yeah, curses were very common. Like as we were saying in the last podcast, mm. you know, putting curses and casting spells and incantations. Yes. Goes back to the witches, you know, and the witches, back to the three sisters. Then again, yes. You know, round the cauldron, mm. you know, and round the cauldron there. Are Casting spells and incantating or incantating. Incantate. Quite a spooky set, if you think about it, isn't it? It is. It's a. Uh, it's dark enough, but at the same time, dark and light. Mm. You know. Really? It is what it is. It's real. It's people experiencing different views, I suppose. Or. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, we're we're going to talk about that now. The Irish Ghost Convention. And the amount of people that have had experiences locally and all over the world. Mm. You know ghosts. why, don't you? Remember I was saying that? The Irish Ghost, sorry, the World... The World Ghost Convention, excuse no, me. The World, the World Ghost, Ghost Convention. Convention. Um, the cool thing about that is, remember we said about the Irish and the Scottish bloodline, having that, that blood type, mm. psychic. That's why you see a lot of it here. Yes. That's it, It's not just like for a reason that it's in, in, in Ireland that it's, it's held. It's... It's a good base we have for people to touch base for this st stage setting of the World Ghost Convention. That's actually, it's not going on this year at all, but every year for 15 years they've done it. And uh, yourself and myself, we were involved in it, being photographers. I yeah. found that really, really interesting because remember we came across some real legendary stories. We did. There was some very interesting people um, I suppose we should probably give a bit of background on what the World Ghost Convention is and yeah, okay. so on, like the type of people at it. The city goal, which is basically... The city uh, jail. Well, no, it's known as the goal. On, well, 
No, it is. It's just like, um, yeah, why is the women's jail after the city goal? It was like the city goal. G H or G A. Well, like jail is G A O L. No, there was a there was a name they have for it. It was an Irish actually. How would you pronounce jail in Irish? Jail and jail in Irish is oh I don't know. The goal, no. I don't know. Anyway, goal. look, maybe anyway. I'm wrong. So Who knows? Maybe matter. you're right. Basically, I just thought the, you were the thinking the jail was, was goal. No, no, not at all. This is how they this is how they advertise it. The oh, goal for some on goal or something. But anyway, the the city jail, women's jail. That's what's known of in Cork. In Cork, a lot of old history of the famine there. After the famine, people being hung there, people being a. Uh, Supposedly there's a spirit that roams around inside there. There is indeed, yeah. And they they had um an idea fifteen years ago to hold a conference that would be extremely important for these people of the world to get their their views and their stories out there for people to hear without any um I suppose there were any negative effects coming from it. Everyone who would go to these nights would be there for because they wanted to be there. They all bought tickets to go listen to ghost stories. Two hundred, two hundred and fifty people. Yeah, yeah two hundred and fifty people. You'd have a range of speakers, maybe five or six main speakers, and then you might have like two presenters. Usually, I can't remember their names now. Richie's good. He doesn't really care. But basically, long story short, it was always the same setting every year of speakers but always different speakers mm -hmm. different mediums <clears throat> different cleansers uh shamans fellas who will be able to go in and find out from you know a house why weird things keep happening there and they would cleanse the house and stuff like that mm. psychics Psy psychics yeah people who could tell the future witches witches yeah they had a couple of witches over the years um a lot of these people get laughed at like they're like you know putting on a, a fad and they can convince you by using body language and stuff like that. That's fine, seeing all that. But supposedly a lot of these people have that bloodline that we're on about as well. Mm -hmm. And they're on paper psychic, well, <laughs> you know? They, they report experiences that can only be explained as psychic. Mm. And I mean, they're not making up. These are normal people. Like, like I, I know from experience from being there that the people who are up on that stage giving presentations are oftentimes people who are are quite shook from the experiences they have on mm. a regular basis. You know, yes. people who see dead people all the time. Yes, you know, supposedly that's a big one. There's actually, a coming to terms with it and being able to being able to communicate with the other world all the time and being able to see into the other world mm. all the time. And it was amazing that at this World Ghost Convention, that at, at the event, we have the opportunity to just listen to what these people say. And it just, it definitely exposes you to a whole world that people are living every day. A, a magical world that you pay no attention to and will most likely be dismissive of unless yes. a ghost pops up and says, how are we getting on? Yeah. You don't really think about it day to day. And then you're transformed into a setting where you have five or six people who are all talking about similar types of experiences, seeing dead people, talking to gods of old, um, like Tuatha Dé Danann, fairies, yes. hookahs. You think of fairies like a fairy little thing flying yeah. around, but no, fairies no. were lethal. Fairies, fairies are tricksters. Um, fairies, uh, I'll say a little bit about fairies. Fairies are not necessarily the little winged tinkerbells that fly around the place nice. spreading sweetness and joy and love yes um, they can potentially take that shape or that form but fairies are magical creatures and they will be considered i suppose a shapeshifter of sorts they can change their form to whichever whatever they feel like you Scary know they're, yeah they're not they're not bound by the same rules mm. and do they, do they believe in good? Oh, well, fairies are both good, evil and mischievous and everything in between. Fairies are like humans to mm. a great extent, except with magical powers and potentially 
immortal as well, as in the Irish legends of fairies say that they never die. They live in the, like, Tiernan and Oag land, where you're immortal, you live forever. Um, wow. So, fairies are, like, the, the stories of fairies, since we're talking about stories, one of the big stories of fairies is that they will come, and I think we said it in the last podcast, they take your babies away mm. and they'd swap it. They yeah. take your children away and they'd swap it for um they'd swap it for another one. And they'd actually be in control of the other one. It would be a fairy baby. And it would be I suppose you could even liken it to the demons from the other world mm. controlling the human world from afar. Like the the Gnostic texts talk Freaky about that. Stuff, isn't it? Definitely, and keep, keep it uh, family friendly, no? Oh yes, indeed. Sorry, I get you carried wanna, away. Don't want to scare too many people. Yeah, but, um, it is Halloween, I suppose. But yeah, I thought that was unbelievable, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I think we'll get back to that again. I'm just going to say one more story there. I, th- I love, I love what you're saying there about the uh, the fairies and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to say a light little story there. Oh yeah, bang a story. Um, this is about a guy there. His name is Dominic O'Sullivan. He wrote this to. Richie, who Richard T. Cook, who was the um, basically who was the the runner of the Ghost Convention, the founder, the founder, the founder and manager, and yeah, chairman of the World Ghost Convention, and what he did is set up a website so a lot of people could send Richie their eyewitness accounts of real encounters with ghosts and what they felt was a spirit or whatever. So this was an interesting one. This guy from Toker, 2003, his name is Dominic O'Sullivan. So it was, uh, it was a cold night, October 1992. Um, he received the email, 2003, sorry. Mm-hmm. But in 1992 anyway, he was after going out for a couple of drinks with his girlfriend and he was on the way back from town, which is North Main Street, Cork City. You mm-hmm. can picture that in your head. Yeah. So he was on his own. And he was going to Toker, which is heading south. So he walked up North Main Street and he got as far as the Peace Park, which was Bush Boosie Park. Mm-hmm. And he has written down here in the thing that he sent that he to take it all, you know, Elite. nature call. <laughs> yeah, so nature yeah. called anyway, took a leak. But as nature called, he was looking into the Peace Park, Bishop Boosie Park. So he was looking in through the railings. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and what he was looking at was a figure coming towards him. And what it looked like from a distance was a, a security guard. Security guard, a guard, or someone with a big, a dark stature. And what they did then is they came up quite close to where he was standing on the other side. And they walked. He said he was actually trying to finish going for a pee. When this happened, no. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, he took his eye off the ball, you know. He yeah. was watching it up to this moment. But he reckons it walked through the wall into the laneway where he was standing. I got a little tickle up my neck there, no saying this. Mad. Uh, into the laneway where he was standing and walked through a gate, which is the Christchurch gate. Into the cemetery. Into the cemetery and disappeared. And your man, like, totally turned around there for, like, a split second, checked the gate, the gate was locked, big huge padlock. No way your man was there, looking around, couldn't believe what he seen, thought he was, like, seeing things, whatever. Still to this day, swears he's seen what he's seen. And he went home, actually, he mentioned to his dad, he says at the end, and um, his dad said, yeah, sure, that part of Cork is so haunted. It is, though, that lane, isn't it? Well, you've a lot of bones there from the famine and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Sure, there was, do you know scariest thing ever about the famine? Three million people in a couple of years. Like, What do you think they would do with all those bodies? Like, Yeah. It is scary, know? the famine, some crazy time. Um, it wasn't um, one of the guys we spoke to from the Ghost Convention, Michael Anthony. Yes, he was um, one of the best speakers I ever heard out of the best. Actually. He was a guy that really impressed me. Um, like he was, he was a psychic and a healer and a medium and a cleanser, mm. um, but mainly a cleanser. The seventh son it? of a seventh son. Yes, there was something about there was the some lineage to his DNA son. as well, where he reckoned he was. Yeah, and he could see the dead regularly as they were in the room. He like cleans. He, he, he could houses. see them. He cleansed those, but remember, he could see the dead. Mm. 
Um, he could see the dead. I'll, I'll tell the story or two of Odin off the top of my head, and you might have one or one or two. I have, you a, I have a lovely positive twist where you can protect yourself. I'll tell you what he told me about that. Yes, super cool. Nice. Um, but one of the stories that I found amazing was um, the well, there was a, <laughs> I found them all amazing, but the one that springs to mind the most clearly would be that he he had um, he had a woman who was you know severely depressed. Yes. You know, life wasn't. Um, you know, she was. She was getting to the the end of her tether, and nothing she was doing was helping her. And he would very much be of the, you know, of the when you see the dead, that the dead will attach themselves mm. to the living. Okay. Um, and that they will feed off the energy of the living, potentially wandering souls. I've heard of this. Yeah. You know, um, so. These wandering souls can cause negative effects in the person because they're being drained. Of Again, their... for any children listening at home, this may not be true as oh, well. Oh yeah. Well, these are ghost stories. These are ghost stories. These so are just, ghost stories. just listen up. Sorry, no, for interrupting these there, These are Jenny. stories, but these are also ghost stories for, for reality as Quite well. Quite scary stuff. You know, this is important. That you know, this is the this is the world, the veil between the worlds, and yeah. Totally interrupted your your You're train of thought. Right. Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony. So the woman. So he would what what he would do a lot of the time is part of his job on a day to day basis was cleansing and removing entities from people like this lady. So he went to her she she was brought up to or he was brought up to the house or she was brought up to his house. I'm not sure which it was again. Um but she sat down and he he could see he could see what was attached to her and whilst that was going on he was able to use the power that he has as a cleanser and a healer mm. to get the entity the wandering soul to the light didn't he say that to the light he showed yeah. him to the light he shows them to so the he light. actually helped him go to heaven so he helped him so and all these souls they're confused and they don't know what's going on and i will say that from what he said that there is a world within this world that that is imperceptible except by a few like these psychics mm. cleansers and whether we like it or not we can we can choose to to say oh i don't know about that no but these people like michael anthony he's cured people of like he's cured diseases by removing mm. negative spiritual energy and entities um, like this, this cleanse farms that cl were losing what livestock, full fields of cows killed from not entities. He actually put a bit of science behind it. Mm. He reckoned the ley lines were like a lot of the problem, and what the ley line would do was carry the negative energy that potentially could be a form of tuberculosis, a bacteria, and what that would do then is would spread along the ley line, and the cows would be wiped. Or whatever, and he said a lot of the time it could be down to a fairy fort being destroyed and a farmer trying to build more houses. Yes, lots of that. You've upset then anyone living close to that. You've upset all. I'm getting another chill here, but all. I've got a cool story as well. What up get? But yeah, but that's what they're saying. Like that, he would then have to go in and fix messes that were created by people back to kind of trying to make a couple of bob and make things easier again usually when greed is involved or a form of greed maybe it's for your family it mightn't be greed at all but a lot of the time you might have to take an extra step or two and maybe you've went too far by knocking a fairy fort and trying to build a house or whatever don't build houses on fairy forts there, uh, there's a big fear <laughs> about doing it, and supposedly the government won't even leave you. I'm it, sure they won't. Like, I think if it's on your land, yeah, it's fine. But if it's not, you're not and supposed the, to. And touch there's them. fairy forts all over Ireland. I had a, it just reminded me of the story that there was a woman living close to a fairy fort, mm. and every morning she was going down and she was throwing the wastewater. This is an old Irish story okay. I actually came across. Um, uh, peasants' tales, so peasants of Ireland, the nice. stories they used to tell, and they used to have a lot of encounters with the fairies and the banshees, mm. the Irish. Like there was, there was a lot more contact, it seems, with the other world back then. It was more frequent, yeah. but the woman was throwing her dirty water down every morning, and little did she know it was rolling into the fairy fort, and a fairy, I think it was a leprechaun, rocked up one day, 
and said, What's going on, like? Will you please stop throwing your water this way because it's going into the ferry fort. Go 20 yards this way and you'll have good luck for yada yada yada. And so the fairy came along, gave the woman a good luck spell. Nice. Said, do it this way and you'll have good luck. And the woman did it and she had great luck. And this was an old Irish tale Class. about ring forts. So fairies are, they're reasonable people sometimes. Mm. You catch them on a good day, you know. Mm. Some of them not so reasonable probably, like leprechauns are a type of fairy. Um, they make shoes, loads of shoes. Leprechauns make shoes. That's it, make shoes. Something I didn't Do know. Do they have gold? They have gold, loads Do of gold they? from selling shoes. What? Honest to God. Nice. The story came from, yeah. I was surprised that it was so simple, but yeah. And he'll grant you three wishes if you catch him. Catch a leprechaun, you get three wishes. Nice. They're magical creatures, yeah. What uh, would you wish for? Another tree. Another three wishes. After my tree. hundred wishes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, nice. But um, that's on the on the fairies and Michael Anthony though. I mean, I found like yeah, he was the one kind of guy when I listened. Do you know what he said to me? He said to me about um, he said some cool stuff. He said something about my dad, which was a bit weird. And he also said to me about I asked him about protection. Your dad, who was also a co-founder of the yeah, Irish yeah, Ghost he was past at this well. stage when I was past, talking yeah. about it. He was telling me not to worry about him. He said mm. he was fine. Yeah, he was telling me literally he was all good. He was after uh, he was happy enough, don't worry. And I remember getting a chill up my neck as I was talking to him, like just as I was talking about my old man. It was super weird. That's but, mad. Yeah, and I remember it, I remember, I remember he get, he he referenced it. He referenced he kinda said you got like a chill there, did you? Yes, you knew. Probably by my body language now, but he did know. Mm. Um so You had a good conversation. I was on about actually <clears throat> the way you'd say a prayer to protect a child, uh, to look after your children and, you know, that they're all safe and all that kind of stuff. I was on about that to him. And what he said to me, the best prayer you could do is to visualise your child and you, actually you, not just your child, because if you visualise you, your child will be protected because it's connected to you, mm -hmm. he said. So you're the most important person to visualise this. You take, as you said, with your breathing, five breaths. Take five breaths, you visualize a purple cloak. Purple being the color of the soul, he said. Mm -hmm. So our body is like, you know, the heart is purple. There's loads of things that are purple. Do you know, it's amazing, actually, purple, the color. It's very warming, actually. If you have children, you should always put purple on them. Strong color to ward off bad spirits. And yes. basically, the purple color, anyway, would be in a robe wrapped around you and would have a golden kind of ch a like a rope almost like a monk but it would be a purple cloak with a hood and a golden rope that would cling and clang he said chain kind of a rope uh, no just a, a rope, rope just a cling, but it would be gold rope. it's a golden robe cool. rope that's clinging and clanging and you can hear the clinging and clang and it's a purple robe over you and he said visualize that Visualize that over your children, visualize that over your house, visualize that over your family, visualize that over your dad. And he was saying that that is the ultimate uh, protection. Protection <laughs> from? From anything bad happening to Negative energies. Negative energies. Any sort. Negative energies trying to attract your children, all that stuff. I thought it was cool. I was loving it. Um, I remember just being blown away by it, actually. He traveled from Longford or something. I can't remember. Waterford. What? No. Water, I'm pretty sure it's Waterford. I thought he was further than that. I remember I looked him up. Did you? I his did. website. I looked we should website. probably contact him now after this. Very interesting fellow though. Very, yeah. very interesting. And as, I, as we're on that subject, stories. Catherine Courtney, Richard T. Cook and Pat Duggan, three founders of the World Ghost Convention. You're here. You're here. Well done. Oh, Great job. We're delighted to be part yes. of the... Obviously Richard T. Cook driving the whole thing. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, Amen. so, you know, that's, like, Michael Anthony is just an amazing character. What else contrast. did he, what else did he talk about? Oh, do you remember, the, I'll tell this one, I remember this. Remember he was saying that he was going up to a farm and the cattle kept dying, I think it was, and he was yes. going up to the farm. And this isn't related to the ley lines, this was a different one. Oh, yes. And he said that he was talking to the, the farmer on the phone and the farmer said, look, the cattle keep dying, I don't know what to do. Will you come up and have a look? Someone told me that you've, you're able to fix these, these kind of these kind of issues. So my technique said, yeah, no bother at all. 
knew what was going on, he said, before he even went off. Knew the phone call was coming before it came. What? Knew what the phone call was about before. He can before. tell the future of it. He can so, tell, yeah. like, he knew that there was, there was a demon up there who was causing problems. Kicking ass, Jesus. And he was, uh... He He's was, some he, man at name yeah. Michael Anthony, he's unfairly. Lunatic, I remember when he said this story, I was like, what? What a badass. Hopped into the car, driving up the road. Car went berserk. Do you remember he told this oh, story? Yes. Car went berserk. Petrol lights going on. Yes. The entity knew he was coming, mm. is what he said. And yes. he was he was trying to scare him off because the entity knew, oh, I got chills. Right I got no chill this. There. Yeah. Just there. Two of us together. Yeah. Ooh. Keeps going. Ooh. Yeah. That's the energy. Yeah. It's mad. So he's driving up in the car, lights going wild. He was like, oh, he knows I'm coming. He knows I'm coming. Yes. After he kept going, I think he said, um, he stopped the car. He's and fearless. Started. Oh, he's fearless. He, yeah. he knows that he cannot be hurt by He's the seventh the son world. of a seventh son. He's specially chosen for this. Yeah. That's what he believes and it makes a lot of sense. Right. But sorry. But he went up, so driving up in the car, up he went. And he went down to the farm and he had a look around the farm and I think he noticed that there was, in the middle of the farm, <clears throat> I think it was in the land, or in the middle of the land where the fields, uh, where the animals were dying, there was a house. And I can't remember if it had anything to do with the ley lines, mm. or the energy lines or not. My Might have been a fairy fort or something. There could have been a fairy yeah. fort there. But what I do remember line maybe. is that there was a, it was a little cottage, or it was a school is what it was. Oh, Ooh, it was a school. I got a chill there. Wow. It was a school that was run by a monk Ooh. many, 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 many years ago. And it was still on the land. And the spirit of the monk was still a bad I monk. I remember that. Yeah, evil monk. He did a lot of bad stuff. A lot of bad stuff, yeah. And he didn't want to face his penance. Yes. So he was staying and he wouldn't go. And when Michael Anthony met him, he thought he was in heaven. Remember that? He said, are you God? Yes. He said something like weird like that I to him. Remember, and Michael yeah. Anthony said, No, I'll show you the light, but you gotta come straight with me, what's going on? Yeah. Something like that. And he was I think like the spirit or the demon they feeds off the energy of the cows or whatever. Mm. Whatever it is and whatever they feed on, because they can feed off the energy of the living, as we said, or what they yeah, yeah. if your energy is low and if you're not protecting yourself, you can be susceptible to your aura. Your aura. If your aura is weak and if your your powers, if your chakras, like from the last podcast, if your energy centers are not functioning with power, you will be more susceptible to negative influences. So that's why it's super important. Be positive. Practice the um, the types of ancestral rituals, praying. ancestral praying. That's the cloak, good, the clanging good. rope, the gold, the purple cloak with the golden rope. It's a good protector all so them together. Being being fit and healthy in spirit is sometimes a bit of work as well as being fit and healthy in body as well yes. so you know and that's crazy that like you, the other world is there all the time with us mm. but we don't see any of it and a lot of them are these wandering like yes. they're, I, I, maybe i shouldn't be saying demonic they are wandering spirits and lost and the last actually a lot of it they reckon if, they, if it is true and uh, why they're lost is because they have a belief system Mm. And they won't give in to the possibility of following the light because the belief system has them worried about maybe they molested someone or they did something that was totally unforgivable, killed someone, you know, whatever. And these things are like buried inside their belief system and, when, you know, if they go to the other side, they, they want to go. They're worried what's going to happen. But look, some crazy, crazy Those hole. It's a tall rabbit hole. Did he have other stories? Well, I remember the White Witch had a couple of stories. The White Witch said White Witch that of she Cove. Was the White Witch of Cove. Quite a celebrity figure. Is it the White Witch? The White it is Witch. the White Witch. It's yeah. the White Witch of Cove, yeah. Um, but she, she had some stories. Yeah. She reckoned... She spoke nearly every year. She did every year for a while. And mm. then she made a prediction on 2012 when it was quite popular to do so about the end of the world. Oh, and yes. She said we were there she, for this. Yeah. She said that she saw Cork or Cove underwater and military ships coming in, um, is what she said she saw. And that, 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 that she was in contact with 
one of the Tua de Danon from oh, a young yes. age. And the Tua de Danon are the mythological Irish gods, the original Irish gods who were here before the Fear Bullock came in and took over mm. um, or fought them. And they carved up the land and shared it with the Fear Bullock and then they married into each other eventually. So the legends and tales That's go. That's uh, But the Tua de Danon are the um, the ancient Irish gods that some would say are also the fairies. Wow. That they are, that the gods, um, what's her name? The White Witch said that her Tua de Danon was a giant. And ever since she, she was a child, I don't know if you remember her yes, saying Yes, I that, remember this. Yeah. And that she was sitting on the grass with the giant and he was talking to her and telling her about the future and telling her about the world. Um, so she reckons she's, I don't know. What oh, she's she, super psychic, yeah. She's super yeah. psychic. She had a lot of things that came true as well. Yeah. But did that too, did Alan tell her, lead her astray on the 2012 thing? Um, she got a lot of predictions right. She she prophesied an awful lot in Cork. She didn't did. she? She did. There was something else she did as well. I don't know, was it some plane crash or something? So did she predict something genuine? I was like, whoa. I can't remember now because I, I didn't realise we were going to quote her as well. Yeah. I don't really I'm remember. just thinking off the top of my head. If you actually look into it, she does have like two or three, not just like old wives tale yeah. things that she proved, like helped out some woman. I, I there was some big, actually. there was a big one she did, I think. She predicted something that was true. I remember a famous one that I first heard about her when I came to Cork was that a woman went to her to have her fortune read. She does fortune telling for oh, people yes, all the time, or she used to, maybe not anymore. Yeah. And the woman came in and the white witch said, no, I can't tell your fortune. Um, she said, look, she wrote something on a piece of paper and put it in an envelope and she said, open this when you get home. Um, but I can't read your fortune today. Um, come back to me another day. On the way home, the woman driving home, horrific car accident, died on the way home. They found the envelope in the car and it Jeez. said, you will die today. Yeah, something like that was the story. Wow. Um, that was one of the first stories I heard about the White Excuse Witch me. of Cove. And that was in the, 19, the, or in the mid-90s wow. when people were getting, I think she was doing, um, telling fortunes and things like that at that stage. But she was at the Ghost Convention, very interesting character herself and Michael Anthony. And a lot of normal people as well. Normal everyday folks who have jobs, who can mm. just see... The dead wandering around. Actually, cool enough there. You have um, you have uh, brought up Cove. I have a story about Cove there. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's cool enough. This is uh, an account from a person, uh, Louise Desmond from Limerick, sent down the following. She, it's just a personal account. It was, um, it was 2012 as well, weirdly enough. Yeah. 2012, they ran about. No way! Yeah, Isn't that gas? Now, what month? Do we have a month now? July. Oh, yeah. July uh, 2012. Yeah. So, basically, oh. anyway, last July, herself and two, her two girlfriends visited Cove. And they went down, obviously, to the Spike Island tour, mm. which was a big thing, obviously, if you got to Cove. Still is. What's Spike Island now? Spike Island, so. Know. Spike Island is looking at Cove about maybe half a quarter of a mile out into the harbour and it's an island that was originally there was settlers on the island and they farmed it then they turned it into a prison they closed it they opened it they closed it, something like that over time with the prison mm -hmm. but all in all it's a prison the yeah. island is a prison there was settlers who lived there way back obviously right. they tried to grow food anywhere where there was land <laughs> Nice. Yeah, sorry, I'd say that needs to uh, next door there. Go for it. Yeah, we just need to uh, sort that out with the all studio right. priming. That's all right. There's a bit of background but, uh, noise coming in there that I wouldn't want. So this Louise Desmond, sorry. anyway, um, from Cove, she went over to this, this Spike Island uh, tour and they were all taking a walk around the place anyway, they were with a group. And there's a place called Kennedy Pier over there. And they were walking around and there's old cottages when you get over there. They're like 19th century cottages. Mm -hmm. So these cottages anyway, 
you can't miss them. You have to walk past them on the tour. They're just like a little row of houses that are all busted up and old looking or whatever. So this lady, anyway, she stopped to light a cigarette. And when she lit the cigarette, she looked at the doorway of one of the houses and there was a, a, a woman, a figure of a woman, standing there looking at her. And she said she had a very creepy feeling before she even looked at the woman. She had a creepy feeling to look at that way. Yeah. Then she looked and there was a woman looking at her. Uh, she also felt this kind of weird um, feeling where she, as she walked away, she, sorry, she looked, the woman was there. It looked like a farming woman. She looked again, it was gone. But as she walked away, she kept feeling this eerie feeling like she was being watched. There wasn't part of that story that the woman was, she was in very old fashioned, very yeah. long ago farming clothes. That yeah, sorry, yeah. Famine she times didn't, she didn't look like she was in She, she looked out of wear. place, she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. She was like a blast back in time. But I don't know, did she have much description, I remember. She, 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 she I thought I read that on the story when yeah. I was reading it earlier. I don't know, maybe not. I she looked like farming. a farming woman, that's what it says, really. All right. But, um, yeah, it's, I remember just being super creepy, the whole thing. That's There's so many ghost stories. Oh, we got eight of them. That's probably one of the other ones. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But basically, she was in weird wear, yeah. where you wouldn't be over in Spike farming Island wear, yeah. dressed in farming wear if you're on a tour. Yes, you know? exactly. So that's what stood out. And she was standing there totally gobsmacked but this lady anyway swears by it she witnessed this in Spike Island and this isn't the first time that the no. ghosts ghosts appear in Spike Island no uh, Spike Island is super I mean, it's a jail isn't it it's a prison it is a prison yeah. Yeah. yeah it is a prison they just closed it it's only closed a couple the of farm years. buildings what were the farm buildings they were the there? original owners of the island who would have farmed it before it was ever a prison that's how old they are interesting yeah. so. so there was an old woman mad Oh yeah, you're talking like probably nothing to do with any prison. Like literally, she was her spirit right. was there from like centuries ago. But yeah. um, I tell you, there's a lot of ghosts knocking around. Remember this said that as well from famine times, just going room back into another. I really wanted to say that actually. Three, we said this while ago. Yeah. I say it again. Three mm. million people. Is like two, I think it was only four years with the famine, was it? Yeah, four what? years. Three million people died. So they wiped out, it was wiped, they were wiped, it was a genocide that was done, obviously, we're not going to get into that, all right? Not but today. Not today. But basically, the wipeout was done, the starvation was done. I have a very, very good story about this. This came from Elva. Mm. Tell the story. Who is, uh, obviously, we always reference Elva, my auntie. So this was a... A lady, a friend of Elva's who was going out one night, I think like one glass of wine, not, no more to see a movie something like that so she went out towards Ballincollig in Cork the back way mm. so she's going out towards Ballincollig the back way so you'd be going like Bishopstown Corraheen if anyone here is not from Ireland you're not going to have a clue what I'm saying but if you were from Ireland and Cork you'll know so this old back route to Ballincollig what is it? it's one of the old routes where all the famine people were struck where there was a lot of starvation and a lot of people would have been like, on the roads, bodies and stuff like that being collected. Just strewn around, it's insane. That's how bad it was, yeah. very hard to 166 understand. 166 years ago only. All from the potato, because no one else could afford anything else, and the potato was blighted out and there was a, it was a disruptive bacteria in the crop where you couldn't eat it and you would get sick. Yeah. And uh, there was actually good food being grown. There was good food being grown and, and it was going sent elsewhere. to England. Sent to England, just in case they had anything wrong with their crop. Indeed. Sent to the Empire whilst Well, you know, that's the way things were back that's then. That's the way it was. But Indeed, uh, that's the way it was, yeah. But um sorry, I just lost my train of thought there. Sorry, they're they're on the back road to Ballincollig. Yeah, so so this is cool. So she's up. coming back. She's coming back. This is a negative energy area. Mm. There's some spooky stories about this area. People seen, weird things seen. So this lady seen with the taxi driver, he also seen something, but I don't know that he see it like last glimpse. Mm -hmm. But they drove past and there was a man. First, there was a young girl wearing a, a communion dress. This is like one o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And then there was a man with a tall, a tall hat. Mm -hmm. a, to a tall hat and yeah, this could potentially be the last ghost story. I think it'll have to be. Yeah. 
there's a man with a tall hat standing there with this girl. She, he's in all black, she's in all white. And they're standing on the road almost like they're thumbing a lift. They drove past them. She said, did you just see that there? And he just goes, yeah. Radioed back to the base. Just seen another sighting there, lads. Mad. I suppose that's a true story. And supposedly it was always old famine, old, old energies, old entities. That's what it looks like with that. The worlds are close together. Anyway, with that, anyway, yeah. with that, we're going to go for a hot topic. Hot topic. Whoa. I think oh. we, said, we said enough just to wrap up the last one because I love wrapping stuff up. Okay. That's just that the worlds, the worlds are together. They're connected. Halloween is a time when the two worlds, the worlds of the living and the dead, they, they're always connected. But Halloween mm. is a time when they're connected more and it comes to the forefront of our mind. So Some ghost stories there for you. Some ghost stories. A lot of history, origins of Halloween. Yeah. The, the other world is there and the stories Good are there podcast to tell podcast listening there for you. Yeah. Excellent. Nice. So yes, hot topic, Duggan. Hot Boom, topic. Back at the net me. I'm going to blow it off here, guys. Get ready. Here we go. Now this goes all the way back to the Celts again. So you're gonna love this. Right. Alright. Go for it. The stinging nettle. The stinging nettle. The stinging nettle, man, is the hot topic today. You're not gonna believe this about the stinging nettle. The stinging nettle, the common stinging nettle. The poor old nettle didn't do much, didn't ask for much, always wanted to just get by and you know, sting people. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I've got a Cool enough structure here about the stinging nettle. And what I'm going to say, number one, anyway, before you say anything, you're going to love this. It has the highest content of chlorophyll in all the veg family. Nettle. Nice. That's pretty crazy. That's a gut health thing as well, the chlorophyll. So you're talking, has to be heated up against soup and tea. This is all for ingesting and medicine like no, mm -hmm. the nettle. And food, survival as well. Talking about the famine. They use nettle to survive. Um, they did. They yeah. did Some nettles. of the wise people did. Some of them wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't eat it at all. But um, the nettle, yeah, so, like because it was packed full of different nutrients and all this kind of stuff. But I have loads of interesting stuff on it. And I suppose I should just go the way I want to go with it. And day one anyway, looks like 3,000 years ago, they found traces of the nettle being used as cloth sacks and clothes so it would be like hemp it would keep in the heat you'd wear jackets you'd wear you'd have a rucksack to carry food in all made from nettles nettle stems super strong the stem is like you ever try to cut a nettle <laughs> you need a knife like they don't you, yeah it's you, true actually order on real yeah. thick you can make rope from nettle you can make um you're not going to believe this i may as well just blow this one out of oh, the, the water World War One, all the German officers that were captured, their uniforms were eighty-five percent nettle. <laughs> what? Yeah. Man, we should be making nettle clothes. <laughs> well, it's a weed. It's a, it's it's abundance. It's strong. It's a material. If you if you actually do stuff with it, like put it into water and all that, you can make a different type of rope, and you can you can string it out. You you can make Very it. Very similar to hemp. It's like cotton. It's, yeah. it's like all material that's taken from nature. It's the same thing. But it's also one that we look totally past because, you know. Anyway, the other cool thing about the wars I came across was that World War Two at the start, the British would dye all of their army gear with the natural green dye that came out of the nettle, which is pretty, co pretty cool. And still to this day, the Germans use the green dye that comes from nettle to add to tinned vegetable food because it's so high in chlorophyll. Really? Yeah. Supposedly, it's the thing that's not commonly known along the market. So nettle is like still being used today. It's not been forgotten about at all. People are using it. Yeah, it's I've seen nettle tea and mm. that type of thing. So um, I've heard like supposedly the stories I heard about the World War One making the 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 German uniforms, they were like collecting like hundreds and ton, hundreds and hundreds of tons of nettle. They would produce these things then, like it's insane. Yes. And there's health benefits to it as well, isn't there? 
Well, yeah, I, I'm going to bring you up through time. They're now ancient Egypt. They obviously believed in arthritis. Uh, it would help arthritis. Lumbago pains, which would be like inflamed back, you know, your neck, stuff like that, where you kind of can't picture where a pain is. Mm. So that's kind of what, um, what that is. But they, they would be flogging themselves with fresh nettle off their own backs. Right? What? And it, it was known as um, a yortification. Your so you do this to your own flesh. And what this actually did was it would help illnesses that, imagine now back then, people would be afraid of life of dying because there'd be loads of illnesses that would wipe you out age mm. 25, whatever. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be living past 30 anyway. You'd be lucky to, if you were ancient, wise man, you were like, listen to because you were the only person who was there. But yeah. the, uh, my point is, is that all these things were super common and they would kill people, these illnesses I'm going to call out next. So... Rheumatism, which is basically like rheumatoid arthritis, there's mm -hmm. all forms of that. Um, paralysis, which would be a, a problem with your, your your kidneys, and so if you have paralysis problems, uh, the nettle helps that. Um, cholera, that would be a thing that would wipe out tribes. Cholera was mm -hmm. like a disease, helps cholera, helps fight cholera. Um, so a, these were major killers of tribes back in the day. So and then the Romans. They used it to stimulate the circulation in their legs. They would make tea and drink the tea and soup when they were on long marches trying to take over Europe. Their legs would be wrecked wearing all the gear and they reckon the nettle was the ultimate. They just pick it and bring it with them or whatever. Nice. It's amazing. Like, And then obviously the Ecuador Indians, the Canadian and American Native Indian tribes, they all showed signs of using it for uh, asthma, all different ailments. And then your favorite guy, Hippocrates, who was like, my man, yeah, 460 BC, like this guy was the man, and he actually had a following after him, so he wasn't just one guy. Oh, he yes. had like a list of physicians after he died who would keep going for hundreds of years. All He's his the father of modern medicine. Yeah, he found 61 remedies for the nettle. That's insane. That is insane. And these are all like super important. I'm not going to name out the 61 of them. I'm just going to give you a couple of nice top brass ones. So yeah. they're helpful, you know. So his, one of his main ones was asthma. He found mm. it really helped asthma. You now it being in high minerals and high mm. vitamins. That would, make, that would make sense. Yeah. And the fact that it's high in chlorophyll. It's a high green. So um, Packed with micronutrients. Yeah. He, they found that uh, mouth sores, which was very common... They also found with um, burn victims from burn attacks, which would have been part of warfare, mm -hmm. the nettle mixed with cannabis oil, of all things, they'd mix the two of them together and that would bring the shock of cold down. So they reckoned that that was a thing Hippocrates came across. And basically, after that then, you go from the 16th to the 19th century, all these herbalists who were after Hippocrates, who wrote books and tried to be just as much of a scholar as him, but never were because he was the original. Yes. But they found that it would help with hemorrhoids, drinking nettle tea, uh, would help with bladder, kidney stones, uh, the seeds and the nettle of the flower. Listen to this. The seeds and the nettle of the nettle flower. Mm -hmm. You would put it into wine and you would give it to someone who had a fever. Really? And it would bring down your fever. No way. The alcohol mixing with the nettle. Yeah. Nuts. Let's try that sometime. I know, yeah. Out the back. There, the fever better. first. But, uh, man, that's unreal. Yeah, suppose it helps eczema as well, you know, skin. Yeah, yeah. Again, nature showing us. So you walk past the nettle, it itches really bad, wrecks your skin. If you keep itching, it goes into your skin. Mm -hmm. But if you cook it and drink it, it sorts out any type of itchiness sensation. Yeah. So eczema seems to really knock that in the head. High chlorophyll, high veg content, high minerals, high vitamin. That's why it seems to help eczema. Very seems to help the body convert over to that antihistamine, which is a big part of eczema. Where pretty much everything. Yeah, so it's it's the natural antihistamine which would stop you wanting to feel itchy. Uh, the arthritis I was on about that diabetes detoxing. It's a superfood. It's just insane. Didn't you say something as well? The um, 
that they you can use it as a natural pesticide that you can spray it on oh, fruits yeah. and vegetables so yeah. that the, make uh, tea or make soup yeah, uh, the, the bugs the stay off them. and yes. boil it up for a while and just spray that on your plants at home your organic plants and that kills the bugs it stops the bugs from going on it mm. and it also makes the plant more energized and more organic because of the nutrients going into it that's amazing nettles are the bomb hot topic and a half man yeah. You think that the hot topics can't well, get any better, but... I'm going to finish it up oh, with this. There's no, more. Minerals, there's I love more. it. Just towards the end there, just so you know. It's jam-packed with minerals and nutrients. This is stuff that you cannot poison yourself with unless you're drinking, like, five nettle plants a day. All you need to do is get a couple of leaves, dry them, come back the and make the tea. That's it. That's all you need to do with the leaf. The, the little seed things as well, if you want to use them, they do the same benefit. Just go to the ditch, grab yeah. a nettle and get going. That's it. Like, I don't think you need to be worried the way you are with the dandelion either because they're not close to the ground, they're up high, you know, so like, it could be yeah. probably from anywhere. Really. And they're not really on grass where pesticides would be. Yeah. So they'd be more in the wilder type of environment. Corners, they could be anywhere. like Anywhere, yeah. You'd sit on them when you're young and be like, oh, you're sitting on nettles. Everybody yeah. freaking out. You'd often associate them with badness, and you know. But it's just nature's way of telling you they're there. So um, fully packed with all the nutrients, the seeds of the nettle and the nettle are jam-packed. You've got the kidneys being helped, the adrenal gland, the liver. It enhances fertility. It brings on hair loss. If you, wanna, if you lost your hair, let's say, and you want to bring your hair back, this is the one. You rub the soup all over your head when it's, when it's not. <laughs> you rub it on your head every day and you drink it. So you reckon so I, should, I should do an experiment? Well, you rub it on your head every day and you drink it and suppose it stimulates the growth just like it would stimulate fertility if you couldn't have a child. Uh, it, it ramps up the testosterone, I reckon, a bit because it seems to have a natural form of zema. Well, not so much zinc, but it definitely has calcium, it has magnesium, it has iron, it has vitamin C, vitamin A, very high as well in all of them. They're like super high percentage rate of them in it. Jam-packed. Like 40% or something. I remember coming across some numbers. I was blown yeah. away by it. And basically, uh, that's it. Nettle hot topic. Boom, back in the net. Back in the net. Hot topic. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah. so next I'd say we've... Uh, we have a little, a little sneak peek, I think, coming Wild up, cards. don't we? Wild cards. Let's, uh, on second, on second there now, I'll just tell you what's going on here. We're just going to uh, go on about, uh, we're going to go to a band called the yeah. Billbillies. We're gonna, we'll have to pause it there, I'd say, will no, we? No, just leave it on there as I'm talking. Yes, I love it. So the Billbillies, they're um, a band based in America. Uh, we're going to be speaking to the bass player. And next podcast, Brian, and he is—he's uh, going to be talking. He's from West Cork. He moved over when he was a kid. He's now in the band, and they just released an album. And the song you can hear in the background is actually the first track on the album, and it just gives you a kind of a soft. It reminds you of Cypress Hill mixed with Eminem, mixed with rock and roll. It's very, very good music. Very. I liked it when I listened to it the first time. I was, I'm always a bit yeah. unsure about new music. But Try yeah. this one, I'm just going to play like, I'm just going to play like two minutes. Sound isn't great. Yeah, I'd say it's probably alright. You get the taste, but the music is cool. This one is called Holy Water. This one is called Holy Water, and the album is also called Holy Water. Is this one Holy Water, is it? Yeah. So this this seems to be the the one they're really getting behind. Nice, nice catchy tune. Ah. Yeah. Pretty good, isn't it? So anyway. We're going to be talking to Brian from the Vilbillies. He's going to be coming on. Uh, sorry for cutting that short there. We could have kept going there. Different oh, it's number three. Oh, did you? Nice. I love tree as well. I like tree. The I love I, tree, I really yeah. like tree. I think we, we have to tree called? Tree. tree is called Murder Ballad. And, uh, yeah. I think it's funky. Yeah. You could picture it like doing weights or you know, My head the bag is just bopping. Yeah. We're coming close to the time now, man. I know. Ah, well, look. If we're an extra minute. 
Yeah, for the bath. Yeah. Come on. Well, good. But uh, anyway, we're going to have... Um, we'll leave it on there to finish out, will we? Yeah, leave it like that. So you can hear it in the background. Yeah. So we're going to have Brian on hopefully in the next podcast. There is the one after that. We're not sure. It's okay if he can't do the next one. But main thing is... Uh, we're just giving you a bit of a wild card who's coming up next. That's yeah, it. Cool. It'll be Bill Billy's are a band. Day. I'm sharing their stuff on Facebook. Would you like to yeah. say something? No, I, I only say this. I like it. it. Makes my head bop. It's good. Very super silly. Yeah, I just think it's cool music, and there's a, there's a couple of different twists here and there. Oh, yeah. You don't really know what you're getting. Very no, original. You don't. You don't. So, um, there's uh, one last one. I'm going to have to show you this. So that we're doing this. Uh, Chevy Chase is actually in this song. Not the real Chevy Chase Chevy from Chase, the movies. From the movies, yeah. He's in the video to this, and uh, I think he sings in it as well. So he's a legend, like. Chevy and, Chase. Yeah, and if you actually listen to this song, it has a it has a, a tone to it. You it rings a bell, like. Let's have a go. That's some cool music, yeah, man. It's funky. So that's our wild card for next week. And we're going to have them, their bass player on, Brian. He's going to be promoting their album the and the band. Billies. The Vilbillies. Holy Water is the name of the album. And we're delighted to support them. I love the album cover. Dragons, Moon. A heart with a lock on it and a key. I love it. Lovely. Bill Billy's looking forward. Yes. To having a chat, Brian. So uh, with yeah, that, with that, I'd say yeah. We're gonna sign out with that. Perfect. We're gonna sign out as always. Be good to each other. Spread the energy. Enjoy the moments. We're gonna listen to the rest of this. Have tune a good now. Halloween. And we're gonna rock out with the tune. It's been a pleasure. Back yeah. Back in the net. Back in the net. See you later.